Hi, brothers. Good evening. In 1967, a young man at 26 years old graduated from DTS with the THM. He went back to his hometown, uh, taught in a Bible college for a few years, and then a church in Chicago called him to be the pastor, a fairly large church. He served there for a few years, and then he became very, very, uh, because of the multiple details and responsibilities expected of a pastor. And furthermore, his wife think they were too young, and they are not qualified for the role. Pastoral ministry is tough. You will be expected to preach or teach multiple times, uh, maybe throughout the week. Maybe you will be preparing a sermon. If you think preparing for three sermons in a preaching course is tough, think about having to prepare a Bible study or a devotion or a sermon every week, probably for the rest of your life. If the Lord is gracious, keep you as a preacher. It's tough. Pastoral ministry is tough. You'll be expected to work with or work for and care for the elders and deacons and various ministry leaders. And, and you are expected to shepherd the people under your care. Maybe a small group or maybe a men's group and maybe a youth group. Or maybe if you are the only pastor for a small church, the entire church. Pastoral ministry is tough. And no matter what, how much you do and how much you try your best, Somebody is going to say something negative about you. Are you prepared for that pressure? The Banner Group, the evangelical polling firm, did a survey this year in March. They asked a bunch of pastors about uh, this question. Have you seriously considered quitting your full-time ministry within the last year? Guess how many of them responded with yes. Over, over 42% of them say they have seriously considered quitting their full-time ministry. When they uh, were asked, what was the number one reason you wanted to quit? You think about quitting. Over 59% of them answer because of the immersed stress of the job. And when they ask the rest of the pastor who say they did not seriously consider quitting a full-time pastoral ministry and ask them, what was the number one reason that, caused, that had the negative impact of your effectiveness of your ministry? And majority of them answer the immense stress of the job. Pastoral ministry is tough. Are you worried you are graduating soon. Are you prepared to face the stress? There will be many demands of your time and energy. Do you know what to focus as a pastor? Well, today I'm going to talk about this subject of what is the thing you need to do to be a good servant of Jesus Christ. What must you do to be a good servant of Jesus Christ? 
Now, why did I use this phrase, a good servant of Jesus Christ? Because that's what a pastor is. A pastor is a good servant of Jesus Christ. And Paul used that word in his letter. We will look at that today. I will be looking at the text we'll be looking at are the, uh, uh, from First and Second Timothy. We will be looking at three texts. And from this text, we will derive three principles of what we must do to be a good servant of Jesus Christ. So, let's dive into it. The first principle to be a good servant of Jesus Christ is we must learn how to receive strength by grace from the Lord Jesus. I get this principle from first, oh, sorry, 2 Timothy 2. Let's look at the uh, uh, scripture with me, 2 Timothy 2. The principle that I want, I, I retrieve from this is directly from the Bible. Look with me, 2 Timothy 2, 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened by grace that is in Christ Jesus. I get a few things by, uh, when I study this verse. The first thing I learn is, we, our strength ought not to come from ourselves, but it ought to come from the Lord Jesus. And now how many times have we tr uh, tried to do things with our own strength? And we have, have you tried uh, maybe uh, the sermon that you prepared today with your own strength? If you keep doing that, you will eventually be weary in your ministry. And Paul uh, urged Timothy, you need to be strengthened by Christ. Um, this be strengthened is a present tense. What does it mean by present tense? It means that uh, we need to be continuously be strengthened by Christ. Not just when we are preaching on Sunday, but also when we are resting on Monday. Oh, and also on when we are preparing the next message on Tuesday. And we are visiting uh, the sick brothers and sisters on Wednesday. We need the strength from the Lord all the time. And be strengthened by Christ is a passive tense. What does it mean when it's in passive tense? It means who is doing the strengthening work? Is it you or Christ? It's Christ. It's Christ who is actively strengthening you. And we need as to Learn to be in a posture of receiving the strength from Christ. Christ wanted to empower you to serve Him with His strength. Now, it do you no good if you are not in a posture to receive this strength from Christ. Think about Paul. Where do you think Paul get his enormous energy to preach the gospel in Asia Minor and in, in Europe. And Paul told his secret to Timothy, and I'm going to show you this today. Paul told his secret in the first chapter of 1 Timothy and the last chapter of 2 Timothy. Go to 1 Timothy, first chapter with me. 1 Timothy, first chapter, verse 12. Verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. 
Paul said, I thank the Lord Jesus because of what? Because he has strengthened me. He has strengthened Paul to do what? To do the service that God has called him to do. Christ is actively strengthening you and me. But we need to be in a posture to receive this strength, his strength. And look at the end of the second Timothy in chapter 4. Please flip to 2 Timothy chapter 4 with me. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we are looking at verse 17. Verse 17. But the Lord stood by me. And what? Strengthened me. The Lord strengthened me. This is how he ended his epistle to the young Timothy. He said, so that through me and by me, Sorry, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and that the Gentile might hear it so that I was, so I was rescued from the lion mouth. Brothers, the first principle to be a good servant of Jesus Christ is to be in a posture all the time, continuously, to receive the strength from the Lord. And I want you to, to look at uh, to, to go back to 2 Timothy 2.1, it says, I want you to pay attention to this, uh, by grace. The strengths come by grace. What does it mean? It means that we did not earn the strength, the strength from Christ. It was a gift. We need to receive it. Brothers, are you in a posture right now, constantly, daily, to receive strength from Christ? May I suggest to you that your number one priority as a preacher, as a pastor, is to get into this posture all the time. I know you are super busy right now at this time of the semester, so take a deep breath. Do it right now with me. Does it feel good? Do it every day. Before you meet the face of man. Go to meet the face of God. Spend time with Christ. Pray to Him. Listen to Him. Speak to you. If you serve Him with your own strength, you will eventually burn out in ministry. If you draw from your own well, your well will eventually dry as the desert. If you, however, draw from the deep well of Christ, you will never be dry. You see, if you serve Christ with our own strength, it will be like mowing the lawn with a self like a manual push lawn mower. You are not going anywhere. But if you serve the Lord with His strength, you will be like mowing the lawn with the diesel power, all-powerful riding lawn mower. You'll be going. It's the first principle. Be in a posture to receive Christ's strength by grace. Once you have developed these habits to receive Christ's strength by faith, uh, by, by, by grace, you will have the energy to live up the word that you preach. So the second principle of how to be a good servant of Jesus Christ is to live out the word that you preach. Faithfully. I get this principle from 1 Timothy 4. So go 
with me to 1 Timothy 4. Go to 1 Timothy 4, chapters 4, verse 6 to 8. I will read it for you. If you put this thing before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Now you know why I use this word. You'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. Being trained in the word of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed have nothing to do with irrelevant silly myth. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Paul uses analogy of physical training or exercise to help us to understand a, a spiritual truth. He says that your spirit in the spiritual realm, you train for your body. In the spiritual realm, you train for your body. For example, if you have a weak tricep and you want a big tricep, what do you do? You go to a gym and pick up some weight and you leave it. And then what? You, you break your muscle, it will grow bigger, and then tomorrow or next week you come back, you add more weight, and you keep lifting until your bicep is strong and big. Brothers, it is the same for your spiritual health, your spiritual muscle. If you want to have a muscle of good conduct, what do you do? You exercise, you train for it. You started to look at the people that God has put in your life, a seminary, in your, in your dome, or at, at church, and ask people, who can I show the love of Christ to? And then maybe you, train, you add more weight. You, you, you ask them sincerely and say, are you okay? Can, can I help you? Can I pray for you? Can I offer help to you? Train for godliness. Now, we as preachers, we are called not only to preach the word with our mouth, we are called to preach the word with our life. We are called to preach the word with our life. Look at this with me. Scroll down a few verses in verse 12. It says, Why do you need to be trained for godliness? Paul told Timothy, Let no one despise you for your youth. Timothy at that time was about your age, about 30 years old. Let not people despise for your use, but what? Set the believers an example of speech in conduct, love, faith, and in purity. We are called to preach the word with our mouth. And also we are called to preach the word with our life. Once you have developed a life, that you live for Christ, a life that, is, uh, uh, that displays the godliness and holiness of Christ, you will earn the ethos or the credibility to preach the word. This is the third principle. The first principle is you learn the posture to receive the strength from Christ. The second principle is to lift up the word faithfully. The third principle is to preach the word faithfully. Look at this with me in 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4, 
verse 1 to 5. I will read it for you. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching years, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myth as for you always be sober-minded and during suffering do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry now if i want to expound on this text it will take another 20 minutes another summer i won't do it but i want to point you to one one thing when i hear preach the word i i got fired up my heart beats race i think it's the same for you guys you know, because, well, after all, this is an advanced preaching course. You don't have to do this. You choose to do this. After all, you are in DTS. What is the model of DTS? Caruson Tong Logon. Preach the word. 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. However, today many churches, many pastors choose not to do it. That preach their own ideas, not the word, the word of God. Alex Starbeck, recently in one of his sermons, he said, many people come to church with this idea in their mind. They want to hear this. Tell me lies. Tell me lies. Tell me little lies. That's what, what a lot of people want to hear. Chuck Swindoll, in his recent chapel, he preached on this text. He was fired up. I don't know you, you, were you there. He, he said this. There's a famine in the land. People are hungry. So you, future pastors and preachers, feast on the word of God. And then lavishly, Serve the feast to God's people with God's word. Caruson Tonlagon, preach the word. You remember that young man that was uh, that graduated from DTS in 1969. His name is Irvin Lutzer. To prepare for this message, I read his biography. He will be the preacher. Recommended, recommended. When he faced ministry challenges, he would draw his strength from Christ. He would live faithfully for Christ and he would preach the word faithfully. And his testimony is God used him mightily for 35 years as the pastor for the Moody Church. Brothers, imagine if you Obey the word of God and faithfully live up these three principles to be always in a posture to receive the grace, by grace, the strength from Christ, to live his word faithfully and to preach his word faithfully. What God would do 
in your life and ministry for His glory. Thank you.